0: What is going on, Summit Chasers? And welcome to another episode of the Summit Chasers podcast. I'm very excited for you to listen to this one. A Mr. Walter Crosby and his insights on hiring for sales roles, and I mean any sales role from management, outside sales, cold callers, AEs, you name it, it's really spectacular. And some great tidbits from how to attract the right candidates and repel the ones that are less likely to be a good fit for your team. All the way to the interview process and even tips on how to offer top prospects the position and increase the likelihood that they'll accept the offer. Now, this topic of talent density is a big one for us in, in what we do at Summit Chasers. So please sit back, get your notebook out, take notes, grab a snack, like some cheese and crackers, and maybe grab your Perrier to wash it down as well and enjoy
1: the show. I think being intentional about anything, whether it's personal or business, is is really going to ferret out uh, issues before they become something mm-hmm. of significance. and And it also allows you to pivot. Right? Yeah. You, you start to see something that like, oh, wow, that's not what I thought. And you can you can navigate in a different direction.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and, and setting those expectations to like up front, like if you if, if you're communicating to me like this, this is how I feel about it. Right. And so then this is this is how we're going to have this conversation, like like setting very clearly setting those expectations and also setting like clearly like this is what you're in charge of. This is what I'm in charge of. Like, yeah. and don't like and if we if if something overlaps, then we need to talk to each other as business partners, not fiance I don't know what the fiance is and 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 then when we're done that conversation, then we can put the like you said, we need a hat like we might or a sticker that I slap on my forehead sometimes, or if she slaps on, that she slaps on my forehead sometimes, and um I think, I think the hat makes it easier because then there's the less that makes there's it much easier. yeah, there's, there's no less hats hat. much. Yeah, yeah, or or yeah. I mean, no, the hat the hat would be much, or just the same hat. Just get like the Velcro piece, and I can just take out like a bunch of Velcro piece. There's lots of options, Walter. We can talk yeah. through. That. We can talk through <laughs> a lot of options. But, it, it, but it,
1: you do have to focus. Yeah. You do have to have to maintain that uh, that intention and attention's and and expectations. It's just like any other business thing, right? If you're Coaching yeah. somebody, if you're working with somebody, you got to lay out the groundwork before you move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be
1: very, very clear. Like, what is a pass? What is a fail?
0: So if they do fail it's not a surprise to anybody and if they do pass they know the rewards that they can they can succeed and then and then after they hit that reward okay what's the next what's what's the next kind of step what's the next i call it the next summit but yeah um but anyways i i really appreciate you you coming on i'm really i was been looking forward to this conversation um and like i was telling you earlier i was i was on your, your website and um, i think that the topic is not this specific topic, like we we talked to, like I I told you, I talked to a lot of sales individuals, I've been in a lot of sales, I've done a lot of sales training, I've done that kind of stuff, but the topic specifically around hiring and promoting in a sales org and what happens before and after, I don't think is talked about enough, because like you said, and I 100% agree, hiring for a sales role, whether it's a leadership or a frontline or or even an SDR, is different than hiring for like customer service or a line worker or X, Y, Z, whatever. Right. That's so I, or an ad any, any big time where, and I like the way you said it, um, but sales people, like true salespeople like that's who they are. We're a little weird. We're a little crazy in a few yeah. different ways. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I just, we'll start off. Sorry, go ahead with whatever you're about to say. Just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, because and you also have a book. I know that, so I want to make sure we get that out early.
1: Oh, um, well, I mean, I, I I've had 36 years in sales and sales management, and so I can attest to the fact that we're all a little crazy. Um, <laughs> and we, because if you think about it, we have to face things that other employees don't. Um, so when, you know, when there's a, an admin in the office or, or an engineer working on something, there isn't somebody from the outside coming in and knocking stuff off their desk or hiding files. Um, we have to deal with hostility. We have to deal with, um, you know, just apathy. You know, people don't want to change. We have to go create something. And I'm not looking for, you know, the violins to play for us, but it is, it is different. So when we when we start to think about salespeople and bringing them in, um, you know we have to approach salespeople differently. It's like, you know, a dog and you don't know. You don't just run up and grab the dog and start hugging them. You gotta, you gotta, you know, everybody's gotta smell each other and check each other out yeah. to make sure it's, it's, it's okay. Um, yeah. and, and the other thing is that, you know, I've during interviews over my career, I, I've controlled interviews. Um, where I shouldn't been allowed to do that, um, just because of the skill set. So it, it's it's there's a, there's a lot of variables there. So that's why I say when we're when we're approaching hiring salespeople or promoting salespeople to a different role, then it, it really requires some thoughtful intention.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you say controlling the interview, are you saying you as the interviewer shouldn't have been able to control the the interview or can you elaborate a little bit on that
1: as the candidate when okay. i was doing when i was looking for a gig and i was being interviewed um i shouldn't have been able to control the interview um the interviewer it's it's, it's much like a salesperson talking to a prospect mm-hmm. prospect should feel like they're in control if we're doing things well but they're not if, if we're if we're doing our pro- following our process and our method out methodology is is effective and efficient we're asking questions and not talking and they're talking right and we're gathering information and Intel that's how it should work with a candidate so you know we, we're, we look at trying to flip that switch and um, give the give enough and it's a terrible analogy but give that candidate enough rope shoot themselves in the foot or hang themselves, however you want to look at it, so that they we really see who they are. Um, and, and that requires some, some discipline from an interviewer. Um, it requires uh, intent of knowing where we want to go with, with the questions and knowing what a good answer is and what's a bad answer. I mean, I had an interview yesterday with a woman who um, was late didn't show up on time um and then it wasn't her fault right so lack of responsibility on her part um and you know then i asked a question that was a simple yes or no question that she never answered so when i when she got to the end of her ramble i'm like you know i ask a yes or no question so i'm confused is it a yes or no and then she went on again to not address my question because she didn't have a good answer for it. So mm. I think those are things that we, most, most, a, a lot of hiring managers in the sales area haven't been trained in a structured process. They mm. haven't been trained how to keep bias out of, we're humans, right? There's always going to be some bias, but there's, we shouldn't allow uh, bias to really get in our way of making a good decision. Um, I had a friend from college who um, worked for a very large bank right out of school. And her and I graduated from the University of Michigan, and she had a disdain for Notre Dame, which is a great institution with really smart kids coming out of it. But if she saw a resume who applied to this bank that had Notre Dame on it in any capacity, she threw it away. And that's... That's an example of extreme bias, but those that types of bias seep in to our world. So I, I think there's a there's a lot of responsibility from the hiring um, manager, the the company, to put some structure in place when we're looking at at everybody, but specifically with salespeople. That you know, if if an HR person is asking a question about sales, and they don't know what an A answer is, a B answer, or a C answer is you know, that's on the company to give it to them um, mm-hmm. to help them understand how to rate that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love I kind of want to go, <clears throat> you made a great point. A lot of these, the hiring managers, I mean, in companies, maybe you don't have a hiring manager, maybe the managers are the ones hiring them. But the, the point is, is that they don't have a structure that they follow consistently. Therefore, they don't have something to test the data against because there, there is no data at that point. Right. So where, and a lot of, one of the things that I've seen is an issue is they they don't have it clearly defined really what takes what it takes to be successful in that role that they have right or successful in their company as a sales professional like they they know that okay i have 10 people these three are amazing these five are okay and these other i don't know the math other three or whatever are are poor but i don't know what is the difference between these top three and these middle five what's the difference between these middle five and these bottom two and then use that to create an avatar to this is what I need to go find. So what, when it comes to building that, that structure, right. When it comes to sourcing. So before even the interview, what, what type of framework or what advice would you give to business owners on creating that structure from how I source to select to when I'm offering the job?
1: Well, we, we start from the very beginning. So if, if you have a sales role that you want to fill, my first question is, what do you want that person to do every day, every week, every month? And their their answer is, we want them to sell. And I'm like, to whom? How? Is this a business development role? Is it a hunting role? Are we giving them six accounts that we want them to, to grow by 20%? Are we giving them six accounts that we don't want them to screw up? Like, what's the role? And they, they typically, like, well, I never thought of it like that. I'm like, okay, well, start. And... And that's often where it, it the foundationally, there, there isn't enough uh, meat on the bone for them to, to write a good ad. There isn't enough information to know when they hit the target because they, they're flying by the seat of their pants. So we start with not a job description, but what are we actually looking at for them to do? Um, and that, that leads into, like, the activities. Who are they calling on? like who the ideal client profile that this person is going to call on, who is it? What industry are they in? What industries, right? Let's, let's define all of that. Is that realistic? Is that, is that enough? Um, is it too much? Or is it enough for somebody to earn a living in this role? The, does the comp plan align with the activities mm-hmm. that you want them to do? Um, you know, I mean, I, I've seen comp plans that are all over the place. I mean, they've actually paid people to do proposals. Seen it once. They paid people to write quotes and proposals. Like, I could get rich just writing proposals. Like, there's no, there's no qualification, right? They were just paying people to do proposals. So, so like, let's get the role right. Let's figure out what those activities are, how we're going to measure them. I want to understand all of that so that Um, because typically I help them through the hiring process. I teach them a way to do this so that they can go do it themselves. But it always starts at the beginning. And then we write an ad that attracts the candidates that we're looking for and repels the candidates we don't want. Mm -hmm. So we're literally trying not to waste time throughout this process.
0: So how do you do that? Sorry, I want to sit on that for just a second. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, If I did. Um, how do you so that that ad and that that's i love that topic in itself because a lot of them they just they just put out like a a, a regular like it's like it's just a boring job description that could attract somebody from this background this background this experience level this education and it's not specific so i love what you just said which is that it repels those that wouldn't be a good fit so how do you and maybe you're going into that so sorry if i cut you off but how how do you write that how do you write that description It's going to be word for word, but yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's a much shorter job description. So at a, at a high level and very simply is that we're writing an ad that when the individual that we're looking for reads it, they're thinking, Oh, I do that. I'm pretty good at that. Mm -hmm. I know those kinds of people. Wow. I'm, I'm awesome at that. Maybe I should apply for this job, Mm -hmm. right? That. That's what we're looking for. It's, it's called the Shackelford style ad. So there was a, back in the I don't know, early 1900s, late 1800s, this guy left England and he wrote an ad that was um, to try to attract sailors because he was going to Antarctica. Okay? Mm. So his ad was dis- descriptive about very um, exciting journey. Right, incredibly dangerous. You might not come back, but if you do, there's lots of glory. Um, right, so it was a real simple ad. So it was looking for that particular sailor who could handle um, the rough seas and and that that journey, but and was willing to take the risk for some glory. Um, and so it's it's that essence that we're looking for. Um, so it doesn't look like that traditional job description. You go on Indeed or any job board, you'll see like. Here are the list of responsibilities and accountabilities. And it's like boring Mm -hmm. because they all say the same thing. And our, our ads are going to be written to the sense of, you know um, you need to have experience calling on municipalities in some capacity. You, you need to have uh, experience and be comfortable calling on, you know, director level public works department. Uh, We want to tell them who they're going to call, what the industry's like, but also, the the adjacent industries. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is if you're looking to fill a a role where somebody is selling payroll services and having somebody to have payroll service experience would be great, but who do payroll services people call on, right? You know, they're looking at controllers, CFOs, uh, finance people, right? HR people. So what other industries call on those same people? Because we can teach them the payroll business, but do they know how to talk to these people? Do they know how to talk to that CFO, that controller, that HR person? They, that's what's important. Do they have a Rolodex, right? I'm showing my age with the Rolodex, but do they have that, um, that those connections where they could go out and start calling on on people and say, hey, I'm doing this now? Right. So that's what we're looking for. So experience is great, but experience at what? Most companies like, well, they got to they got to be in my industry and they got to know because we're unique. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's unique. Right? It's, it's um, security systems or security systems, uh, uh, payroll services or payroll services, features and benefits. Sure. But it's it, it's being able to know who you're talking to and be able to speak the language that they speak. It's not about you. It's about your prospects problems. So, you know, we, we're trying to shift uh, the client's mindset. We want that business owner to switch what they're, how they're looking at this role, be really clear about what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. You know, a hunting role is wildly different than an account manager role. Um, And, and even within account manager, account management, there's, there's differences. So being able to discern if it's a, um, a CSR role or or a pure hunting role, um, and how much service is involved? We need to be able to share all of that information in the ad in a very succinct uh, manner. Our ads are traditionally pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we add things about culture if somebody's serious about culture. Um, but we we want them to we want them to understand reality. We're not trying to hide. We're not trying to um, you know oversell. Um, and, and that, I think, is one of the things that people do wrong from the giddy-up is try to sell the role in the company to the candidate, and they don't even know if this person is the right person. But mm-hmm. so we, we ask, pe- ask the, the folks to not sell the role until the end. Mm-hmm. Until you have those two or three candidates that you're really serious and you really think are a good fit, go sell it then. Don't sell it to the person that you're just doing a phone screen with that you're not sure, you know, has has what it takes. There's um, a great story about a client who um, they had a, a really high-paying job, right? The base was like 350000 400000 but the person could make about a million and a half if they hit their numbers. So they had a very specific person in mind, but the place where they, they, they worked was a dump. So they were encouraged to create a nice little conference room right off the the lobby that was was well done. It had the right furnishings. wasn't over the top. They had a picture of the founder in the on the wall, mm-hmm. right? This older gentleman. So they would put the candidate in the room. This was like orchestrated, like a theater. Mm-hmm. They put the candidate in the room, offered them the the coffee, and then uh, a couple of minutes later, the Senior sales leader came in and said, I see you're looking at our founder, you know, Mr. So and so, right? And they told him the story. He comes in on a regular basis. He's not really involved in the sales department, he's really focused on engineering and research and, 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 the, and the products. So they start the interview process, and about 10 minutes in, the old man on the, on the wall walks in, looks at the candidate, says, Sorry, I'm for interrupting and he, he sticks out his hand to the candidate and it's like you know Steve i heard a lot of good things really hope you make the right decision and join our team and then left so a bit of theater yeah but they really wanted this guy and they created this environment to make him feel like they wanted him because he was the right fit so there's i, I tell you the story because they were really clear like that was the only guy that fit, right? Mm-hmm. So they went to some extremes to make sure that they had the, the right candidate in play.
0: So they, they, they got to the point where they knew that he was the guy and they wanted to sell him. So they put on this almost uh, experience theater, like performance for him type of thing. But they had okay.
1: discerned and disqualified all the other candidates. And then mm-hmm. that was the first time they stole the role. They sold the gotcha. company. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think if we do that at the end, you know, we're not wasting time. Okay. We're not putting that mm-hmm. sort of effort into somebody along the way. I mean, w- when I've done interviews where I was the candidate in the past, the first thing they do is start telling me about the company. First, mm-hmm. I should know about the company. If I'm a viable candidate, I should have done some research. I should have some mm-hmm. questions. But, like, let's talk about the role. Let's see if there's a fit before you start selling me.
0: Yeah. Well, so I, I see what you're saying. So they make the mistake or a lot of people will make the mistake. Companies will make the mistake of doing that way too soon. They're still selling people on the dream. Like, and I've seen that a lot before too, where it's you know, the the job entails, you know, maybe it's a lot of driving, a lot of travel, a lot of long hours. You're not going to see your kids and your family as much, but they sell them on like, they're almost um, like, that's almost like a point of like, they're self-conscious about it. Right. So they try to hide it with like, yeah, but you could. You know, half a percent of our sales reps have made half a million dollars. So this is what you could do. So they sell that, and then right. they they don't they don't even know if they're the right fit. They could have ten other candidates coming behind them that are a much better fit. Um, so I, I see, yep. I definitely see what you're saying.
1: Let's figure out who's really a good fit. Who should we invest some time and resources in? And that starts to reveal itself through a process of of mm-hmm. interviews, and but initially we want to be screening them from, from the very, from the very beginning, but we can't do that unless we know what we want them to do. So in your scenario about lots of travel, that should be in the ad. Mm-hmm. This role requires 70% travel or this, this role requires, you know, 12 days a month on the road. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's going to repel certain people because it, if they're not going to be a fit long-term, why do we want to, engage them to begin with yeah. It, yeah it's about finding the right candidates not talking to the most people
0: what do you say to the companies that and, and i've seen this a lot where they get i got like the warm body syndrome right where they're growing really fast or maybe they've had a mask, you're shaking your head um you have some tells walter uh where yeah i they? have a hard time hiding my feelings which is, I mean, you're passionate about it, which I absolutely respect, um, or they're going into a new market or whatever, but they, they need to hire quickly is my point. And, and they, they start to, they have a process and then they're like, yeah, but we need to get 10 people in here in the next month, or whatever, X, Y, Z amount of time. What would, your, what would your advice be to them to either A, speed up the current process they have and not ignore it and they currently have to get the right, to give them the better chance. It's never hundred percent, but to give them at least the better chance of having the right candidates
1: come through the door. Well, I I think there's a couple of things that you can do. You still want quality, but if you know, and you're willing to accept a 40, 50% burn rate of your people, you have to understand what that means to the sales organization, you have to understand that you're going to be bringing people in and you're wasting time and money. So my, one of my questions is, are you willing to do that? Mm. And when you, when they really start to think about what that means, Maybe I don't need to get them all done in four weeks. Maybe I, need, I could do six weeks and, and do this a little better rather than fast. But mm-hmm. you can go faster if you have the the um, support using the job boards, right? You have your blasting is everywhere. You're telling mm-hmm. everybody. You got your employees telling everybody. You're giving your, your employees an incentive to to tell people and bring them in. So if you're doing all of those things, and you have the ability to process people quickly, right? Because if you want to go fast, then you better have enough people to handle that that uh, that influx of of um, candidates. So, and then be able to discern them. Don't don't alter the the, the process of of uh, you know weakening it to make it go faster, but just support the 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 growth that you're looking for in that capacity. So instead of having one person doing some screenings, you might need to have three. You might need to block out that time. You might, because you want to be able to get through this whole process in two to three weeks with a candidate. Mm-hmm. You either want to get them out or move them forward. Mm-hmm. In, in Similar to a pipeline, right? You you want some velocity. You don't want them sitting around waiting. Um, we want to be clear what that process is. We want to tell everybody what um, what that looks like, what each step is, and then how. Here's how we how you're going to know if you make it to the next level. So there's a lot of um, you know that intention and expectations, like you talked about in the beginning, applies to this process as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So being so, don't alter the process, but add add people to support the process itself. That's
1: what speaks yeah, it for- that. Okay. You're going to you're going to spend more money on ads. You're going to advertise it more. Um, you're you know, we, we suggest, you know, eight to ten dollars, two or three times a week, a day to, to promote a project. You can escalate that so you get bigger reach. If mm-hmm. you're remote, then that's going to open up your your space uh, as well. Like up your candidate pool. So there's a lot of things that you can do to to, in, to go grab more candidates but it has to be within the confines of the opportunity that you have.
0: Understood. No, I, uh, that's very, very good advice. Very good advice. Cause I mean, they, so their, their first reaction is like, okay, if we have like a three-step interview process, let's only do one, as opposed to, okay, let's train, you know, a couple other people that can come in and also do interviews, but keep that same
1: process. And if you have a process that's defined and written down, um, it's easier to train other Mm -hmm. folks to you know ask the question and grade the question if you know what a good answer is or a weak answer is you know we can we can teach people to do that and and often that's going to bring a different perspective Mm -hmm. it's going to help somebody see um if you have different people engaging with with candidates you're gonna they're gonna see different things because they have their own their own viewpoint yeah, own
0: personality and some people are more comfortable with certain personalities they may be more honest with them um no that's that's a, a very good point point. and also i mean i think it just consi- it's just consistent you just you just made the the comparison of comparing it to a sales process if that sales process isn't consistently executed on for a period of time you don't have data to then know where to improve and what adjustments to make same thing with the hiring process if that process isn't consistent you don't have the data points to then make those one or 2% adjustments, which could make the difference between, you know, a a five or 20% churn rate in the long term, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. So when it comes to actually the interview process, right? So we have a very clear um, defining the role, like defining not just, okay, what is the sales role, but like very meticulously, what is the activities that they're going to be doing? What is the outcomes that we want them to achieve? right so the difference between a cold caller and a a hunter or a ae or they're much different right defining what that is really clearly writing a description or a sale or sorry a job ad that's very specific and repels just as important repels those that aren't a good fit and really attracts people that are you get a good number of candidates in what's like an ideal and I know that there's a lot of different types of sales roles. So you're going to have, you know, the people who are just cold calling and they might not have as much of a extensive interview process, or maybe you'll prove me wrong and that it's just as extensive. And then you have, you know, the people that, you know, are, could be managing accounts worth, you know, one, 10, $20 million. But on average, what is a good, that you've seen a good successful interview process look like? Like, is it two steps, three steps, kind of where, where's your sweet spot that you've seen?
1: Um, well if you if you think about it from the time a candidate engages to the time you make an offer so you have that that job posting so there's there's an engagement there but if you want to look at it, they send you a resume um, So we, we use a tool that helps us define the, uh, the, the candidate's likelihood of success. We can predict, um, success because it's a sales specific tool. So we we use that to help us discern and disqualify people. So that's that's a second touch. And then we do a phone screen which is very short, very specific. We're just looking to see if somebody can follow direction, if they are articulate and they do they have some some really basic skill sets of ability to create rapport. And they're 10-12 minutes long at most. And then, then there's, this is where there's a variable. Um, there's at least one interview, that's an hour to 90 minutes, um, that can be virtual or face-to-face. But this depends upon the company. There can be two, three of those face-to-face interviews with different people. Mm-hmm. So right there is is a variable of you know two or three steps. Mm-hmm. But then the last step would be that final interview with whoever gets to, to make that final blessing and say, yes. And then we make the offer at that point. So that those steps are somewhere four to six, right? Mm-hmm. Is dependent upon the complexity of the role and how many people need to touch them. Because sometimes we're looking for um, ultra fit, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's really important. Like it, you could be, you could be a, the best salesperson for that role. But if you're an ass and you don't fit the culture and you really make everybody uncomfortable, it doesn't matter, right? It's mm-hmm. just not gonna work. Um, so we're, we're looking for different things and that's what we decide on the front end because we wanna tell the candidate in the very first communication, here's what the interview process looks like and we try to get this done and this is important. No matter how long it is, we want it to be done in two to three weeks. So we want to keep them moving. And if you're going faster and you want to hire more people, you can compress that. Try not to miss the steps. Do the same things, but just do it faster. And you can move people through if you have the right scheduling, if you have the right uh, everybody's committed the time. Because that's often an issue. Like, I I just don't have time to go talk to this candidate. Uh, You know, we have to have the agreement on the front end. Like, it's not optional you've blocked off this these two hours to have conversations and that's what we're going to do mm-hmm. So everybody has to be that whole team has to be on the same page does that make sense Absolutely,
0: uh, absolutely that makes sense so and i think that'll be surprising to some people uh, how many steps that a good interview process entails because you, you said four to six I, I don't think there's a lot of them i think most probably don't do more than two right which i mean for some roles I get it but there's certain like especially like if you're an ae like in that in that example if you're an ae in charge of you know millions of dollars of accounts and you you aren't the right person and you lose this account that could be millions of dollars out of the company's wallet right so that 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 interview process and you're you're also you're out there one of the points you made that i love is that you're like you can be a culture fit internally but you need to be a culture fit internally and you're also representing the company To the world so you need to not just represent you need not be a good culture fit internally you need to represent what the company stands for
1: externally whatever that is right it's got to be some people are buttoned up with uh, jackets and and you know dress shirts and some people are super casual like whatever that is it's not right or wrong it's what the company wants to put forth what the brand represents right so all of this thought has to go through this process um to bringing people in. And if, if you're getting the retention that you want and you're getting the, uh, the outcomes that you want and you have a two-step, you know, interview process, God bless, right? Mm -hmm. Why change if it's working? If it's not working, then maybe you should think about doing some sort of augmentation to that, um, trying something different. Um, you know, I had a friend who he was a, a boss actually that's, you know, it's like, you know, you've always eaten chocolate, ice cream, try a little vanilla. You might like it. Right. He, I actually heard them say that to a CEO of a fortune 500 company um, and it, it worked. Right. Cause the guy's like, you know, you're, you're vanilla. Cause ah, I'm more strawberry than I am vanilla. But you know, my point is do something different if you want different results. So mm-hmm. if, if something's working, you know, stay with it, but if it's not, or you wanna get better at something or you wanna elevate your hiring, you wanna elevate the quality of of your, of your team, then maybe you should do something different. Because one thing that I think business owners could spend more time contemplating is when it comes to their sales team, you talked about it earlier on, maybe you got two people that are killing it, hitting their numbers consistently, they're doing the right things. And then you've got, you know, a couple of people at the bottom that miss on a regular, that just aren't getting it done. And then you've got the middle group, right, that are doing – they're working hard. Sometimes they hit it. Sometimes they don't. They're just not consistent. So those people, let's try to spend some time coaching those people and giving them some tools and helping them try to elevate. But those bottom people, cut your losses. Get rid of them, hire new people, because the people at the top or the people that are trying that mediocrity that you're accepting as a business owner just kills the sales culture. It, 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 nobody that's performing love, likes to see anybody get away with, you know, half assing it um, that, that don't produce. Um, Producers are, are, are tolerant of people that are putting forth the effort and not having success. If they, if everybody sees that they're, they're trying the right things, but they need a little support, they need a little coaching, they're okay with you know maybe even helping them themselves. But at the bottom, if somebody just doesn't show up and doesn't care, it, it, it you know we just got through with uh, watching a lot of college football and Nick Saban just retired. That was one thing that he preached on a regular basis, was you know no mediocrity. The, the system is going to Barrett that out and the, the players are going to, you know, cause those folks that are dragging to, to work a little bit harder. If, if you don't have the right, the right mentality, the right mindset, you're, you're never going to be successful.
0: Yeah, well, I think that, and that's something that a lot of whether it's business owners, managers, whatever it is, they're they're scared of is that bottom ten percent. Because if you look at most most companies, that's where they spend eighty percent of their time is on that bottom ten percent. And this is a Jack Welch thing, uh, former CEO of of GE. He had the, the twenty seventy ten rule, where you have the top seven, the, the top twenty who you compensate and you reward. You put crowns on their head, right? You make it. They almost seem like royalty. And then that bottom or so that middle 70, you, you focus on getting them to the 20. Like that's where you spend most of your coaching time, but that you, bottom 10 every quarter, like you, it sounds heartless, but it's really not like if they're in the bottom 10 and you've put the effort into them, they're just not meant to be in that role. They're just not meant to be. And they, they'd be better off being successful somewhere else.
1: Um, so I you know I love you, that point and it's sorry, go ahead. You're a hundred percent right. I mean, you could say what you want about Jack, um, but putting, if, if you're sitting in the wrong seat get them out as soon as you realize it and mm-hmm. and and helps them get to the right seat and mm-hmm. and helps you put somebody in the right seat
0: yeah yeah because and it, it like and it, it, again it's tough but it, it's but it's important that you recognize that sooner than later because imagine keeping somebody in a role where they're just not successful at or they're just they feel like they're failing all the time or they're not making the money that they could maybe somewhere else in a different type of role right and then so you as yeah. long as it's you, you recognize that and get them out and support them in finding that other role. Sorry, go ahead.
1: hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, it, I was, I had breakfast with a friend this morning and we talked about this. Um, when you were a kid, did they stop school because it was cold out? Just because it was, because it was cold. Yeah, Not me neither. From. But like it's been cold here where I live in Michigan and They canceled school today, not because of snow, not because the roads weren't passable for the buses, because it was cold. And I I think that speaks to a a bigger issue. Holding people accountable is a positive thing. Holding people to a standard is a positive thing if you've told them what that standard is, and you've given them the support that they need. But at Mm -hmm. some point, they don't want to do the work, then you've got to let them go and go
0: do something else. And that and that's the key. Right. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of one of the things I, I preach, you know, with, whether it's with our clients around here is as the leader, like you have to take that responsibility, like if they're failing in that role, take the responsibility for it. Like, don't just assume it's their fault. They, 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 they failed in the role because of their incompetencies. Well, you put them there. You were in charge of creating the, the training to to get them to be successful. And you, you were it was on you no matter what, maybe it's the way you communicated. You communicated in a way that, you know, resonated with person A, but did not res- didn't resonate with person B and now person B is failing. And is that their fault? Because they did not understand the way you communicated it or is on you, you didn't communicate in a way that resonated with them. And then let's say you did do that and you communicated properly. And then they just, they're, they're just not the fit for the role. Well, you put them in that role that they weren't competent for to begin with. So that's on you. So now you have the ability to go and change the way you hired, people. You have the way change the questions you're asking, the way you're writing your descriptions and
1: your indeed ads. You're you're right. I mean it's everything falls at our feet as a CEO, mm-hmm. as a business owner. It's all ultimately our responsibility. But there there's a uh, it's like Park Avenue. It's a two way street. Mm-hmm. They have to put forth the effort and it's it's up to us to 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 meet that and to go there and make a determination like you know, I, I got to try because we have to be able to um, we have to be able to communicate the same idea multiple ways mm-hmm. as a leader to, to reach whoever it is we're trying to reach. And getting your vision clear as a leader doesn't matter if it's the, the vision for the company and your brand or if it's how, you, how we're going to hire. If you don't share that and communicate that well and make sure that they understand that employee understands what they can do every day to live that and to help with that then then we failed as a as a leader absolutely and and a lot of them
0: are scared whether it's ego pride whatever it is they're they're scared to ask those questions and admit that to themselves and then and then they don't make the adjustments and then they're stuck in that you know it's just (laughs) that loop right um i I could talk to you i feel like i could talk to you all day walter this was a a really great conversation i think i'm gonna have to have you on again because i have another kind of track, I think we could take us down, but then we'd be here all day, um, type yeah. of thing. Um, but I, 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 I would absolutely appreciate the, the, knowledge you clearly, and again, from just even the research I had before, I was very excited yeah. for, for this call, but there's a question that I ask everybody, uh, kind of near the end of the podcast. Um, and for you it's, uh, what is the, what is the next summit that you Walter are, are chasing right now?
1: Um,
0: in the context of the business, you and general, personally and business. What is the
1: next thing that you're you're going
0: after and you're trying to accomplish in, in your
1: life? It, it's you know, there's I could be generic and talk about growth, but it, it's it's about upping my my discipline and habits to because that ultimately defines where I go. Um, so it's being more focused. We talked about this a little bit before we turned on the recording, um, but I. I Sometimes I get distracted. By, oh, that would be cool if I did that. If, if that worked, that would be awesome. When we all know that there's certain basic things that we need to do, whether if you're trying to lose weight, you move around a little bit more. Right? You maybe watch what you eat. Um, if you're trying to grow your revenue, you got to reach out to more people and have more conversations, and that requires some prospecting. So it, it's making my habits easier to achieve um so a quick example get up and go walk at 5 30 in the morning right my exercise is to go walk three miles um so what do i have to do to make that happen i got to get out of bed but i have to get dressed and get out the door so i have everything ready to go i don't have to think i don't have to go looking around i just go get dressed and i can be out the door in, in 10 minutes. So it, it, it's doing things like that, really thinking about your habits that you're trying to create, because that's, what's going to get you to, to the next summit.
0: Yeah. I think that our, our word for this podcast has been intention, intentional, do things intentionally. Right. And I, I you probably have, but a lot of people have, but I don't know if I see it behind you, but the, the book atomic habits, where he, he talks about habit stacking. So being intentional. So if you want to create a habit for anybody, but for, for your example, if you want to, It sounds like you have the habit, but if you want to make the habit easier of getting up and walking three miles at 530 in the morning, you stack habits on top of that to make that habit easier, right? So for you as making sure the habit, the habit would be to get your clothes ready, to get things ready so that it's easier for you when you roll out of bed, everything's there ready for you, right? Or you have, you know, the coffee set for 520, I don't know, whatever, you know what I mean? But like those, the habit stacking to make the, the, the thing that you're trying to change or the thing that you're trying to create
1: easier. That's a great point because it, part of that getting out of bed that early is going to bed earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Which means sacrificing mm-hmm. watching the end of a football game or, you know, having that extra glass of wine with my wife, or whatever. It's like I'm doing this, and it stacking those things up to to give you the power to do what you need to do. So mm-hmm. there was a good
0: example. I think it's from the book. There was an example, but there was somebody who they um, wanted to go to bed earlier, and their bad habit that they had, they were trying to break, was they watch they would watch TV way too late. And uh, speaking of, you make the bad habits harder for you to to do to achieve. So he would uh, he started hiding. He would take the the batteries that like after dinner that was his that was his habit habit stacked. He took the batteries out of the remote. And, uh, and then he put the battery somewhere else. So now it got, it became such an inconvenience to have to go find the remote and then go find the batteries, put the batteries in the thing to turn on the TV. So now he's just, it's it's, it's so annoying then, but my, I put my book right where I can reach it. So now I'm reading my book instead of watching the TV. So it's like those little tricks that yeah. you can, you can intentional, but again, being intentional about it and stack those things on
1: top of each other. It's interesting. hundred percent. And it's Beautiful. just a little bit of creativity to go where you go and it, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, uh-huh, absolutely, and make it
0: fun. Make it; they're more likely to do it. Um, but Walter, take thirty seconds. Plug and again. You have a book. I'll plug that in the intro as well. Um, you have a plug. Whatever you want to want to plug. Where can people find you? Anything else you have coming up? Go ahead. Uh,
1: the the two places to find me, I think, are, are, are the website helixsalesdevelopment.com com or LinkedIn. I am really active on LinkedIn. Um, I respond to my messaging on there. It's Walter L Crosby. Um, there is only one of me, so. Just uh, if you have questions, if you have thoughts, I'm happy to have conversations with people. I'm really, really discerning. I don't pitch. Somebody calls me and says, hey, I got a question about I heard you on uh, on the podcast and, and you know, I had a question about what you said. I'm happy to answer the questions and dive in without, you know, trying to pitch something. Um, we do offer um, something called the, the Sales Hiring Secrets Um it's a, it's a program where I teach that whole process in about four hours. You bring your whole team and, um, and, and you get that whole overview really quickly and to determine whether it's something you can pull off or not. You I love that one.
0: And I, I highly recommend um, everybody watching um, to check them out. I'm on the website right now. There's even some great information on the website. And I think that this is, and I'm pushing this a lot, probably more than, than some, uh, because this is something that I see as a big miss in a lot of companies, especially when you're looking at like the SMEs, um, where you, again, you fall into that, I brought it up before the warm body syndrome. You just you just get people in, right? You get a generic, okay, they've been successful in sales before, why not here? And, and then you just throw them in and slap them on the butt and then, then away you go. And But you don't, it's, it's it's a little bit more difficult to quantify the repercussions of doing this poorly because we don't look at that as a profit and loss consistently, even though there is tremendous loss when you have high churn. So I highly recommend checking them out. Walter, it was an absolute pleasure. And uh, Again, I'm probably going to have to twist your arm and get you on here again. Happy, happy to help. Man. Thank you for watching this episode of the Summit Chasers podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed, you were inspired, you learned something that you can use to go and chase whatever your next summit may be. Be sure to like and comment your takeaways from the episode below. Also follow us on all social media platforms under Summit Chasers Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to turn on your notifications so you can be notified when we drop new content like how-to videos, business best practices, motivation, and personal development strategies. And until next time, keep chasing your summit. I'll see you on the next one.